Hello and welcome to a live post-match reaction to the Haguares versus the Waratahs. And I had a perfect weekend of picking until these last two. Uh, and the Haguares ran out to an easy 38-28 uh, to 28 victory in this one. Um, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, a podcast, YouTube channel, Twitter account and website bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. And today I'm joined by a Tars fan, uh, Hugh. So how are you doing? Uh, slightly disappointed Tars fan, actually. How are you? Not bad at all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a disappointed England fan. As you, as for those of you watching the videos, can see I'm, in my, I'm still in my England jersey from earlier, where uh, obviously England lost to France in the uh, Six Nations. For those of you who are catching up on scores around the world. So this one, I mean, some games take a while to find their feet. This game was uh, was was uh, from the off. I mean, less than 20 seconds and uh, the, the Tars were already uh, seven points behind. Yeah, it was an interesting start, actually. The Tars did win that kickoff, but had no one supporting the tap and the Haguaras took full advantage. They did. And there was a lot of uh, contestable restarts uh, in this one um, that, w that, that went both ways and with players um, as you say, tapping back and then not necessarily their own guy getting it and someone else getting it and, um, and sort of the uh, inevitable chaos uh, ensuing from, from that. The, um, as we saw at the very end, is it time that uh, the kickoff teams actually kept a player deeper um, just in case they lose the ball? Because I, both sides lost, uh, lost, lost tries from, from, from kickoffs. Oh, look, it's definitely been a weakness for the Tars this year and if you look historically, probably for Australia in the last 12 months as well. So it's something that they probably do need to look at. Um, you know, obviously it's changed in the last few years, sending up your winger to contest those kickoffs. But if you can't cover your own mistakes, then there's going to be problems. There is. And that's mistakes was definitely a, a key thing in this for the, um, for the Tars. Uh, they, Got themselves hand on hand. I'll get the hands on the balls next. Okay, uh, they got the hands on the balls next, which was which was good. Um, we saw Beal um, stepping in to first receiver a lot and switching with Foley uh, that uh, in that first half, uh, and well, not really to good effects because they kept breaking down. But he he was definitely very busy in getting his hands on the ball, wasn't he? He was, and it was probably something that was quite pleasing for Tars fans was that he actually played the full 80 minutes considering he, he was carrying what was reported to be a, a rib injury. So hopefully he comes out unscathed and he's right next week for the big game against the Rebels. One thing that was really obvious early on was that the Tars continually tried to shift the ball wide and the Haguares line speed was, was just too good. There was very little variety to the Tars attack. They just kept shifting wide again and again. There were no attacking kicks. Jake Gordon didn't look for a sniping run. Foley didn't really take the line on. As you say, Beal kept shifting it wide as well. And the holes just weren't there. It was, was something that I thought, um, thinking about it, the, the only reason that I could think that they would be employing that game plan after being on the road for two weeks and playing in 30 degrees in Buenos Aires um, was that they were trying to avoid going to the set piece. and. You know, that was somewhere that the Haguaras did dominate in the second half. It was, yes. It was somewhere that they wanted to avoid, um, understandably. The, um, the, but even when they did find those gaps, and um, Falau particularly would, 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 would break the line, 
it felt at times like Flau would only pass to Foley or Beal, and he wouldn't didn't trust anybody else with the ball. Uh, and this game does the, the, the task game really does revolve around four players: Hooper, Flau, Foley, and Beal, doesn't it? Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, and I think he's got to start trusting the other players um, to, to to do some things because at the moment, it, I say it does feel like um, Flau in particular just won't pass to anybody else um, unless it's uh, unless it's one of those. Uh, and and then when that uh, when that period of, uh, of of possession didn't didn't pay off, Haguares um, got a good break, uh, and their number eight was going. And unfortunately, he, he ran himself into isolation. He needed to slow himself up there from that break. They got lucky though. Um, yeah, look, I thought the Haguares attack was really controlled very well by Sanchez at five eight, who you know is somewhat inconsistent but has certainly performed very well historically for the national team and and creevy um an inspirational hooker and and leader in that team who just continually got his hands on the ball whether it was in attack running with ball in hand or or at the breakdown oh creevy had a blinder um i was was a couple of um sort of um tries in before i before i noted that down in my notes but um but creevy was yeah at the breakdown, he was judging when to go for the ball, when not to go for the ball very well. Uh, he created quite a few turnovers. Um, and from memory, I don't remember him giving up many penalties. So to my mind, yeah, he he, he had a, a quick check on the old penalty stats. But um, in my mind, yeah, he, he was he was judging that perfectly um, as, as to when to go in. Yeah, no, no penalties conceded by Creevy. So his, plenty his, to say too, by the look of it. And... <laughs> I, that's that, that, that's hookers and captains the world over, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Whether he was speaking in English or Spanish, who knows? I think he was, I think he's he's equally versed in both, or or this is well, obviously he's been a bit better in Spanish, but I think his English is, is very good as well. Um, on 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 the that, that that side of things, we definitely did towards the second half get some get some discipline issues from both sides. It got a bit, a bit choppy, but in that first half, I think we only had like six penalties. Uh, and it was uh, I, I, it was a very clean and flowing game in that first half, which was nice to watch. It was as well, and and I believe the first scrum wasn't set until about the twenty first or twenty second minute, um, which the Waratahs were probably quite pleased about. Um, it was it was played at a, a really fast pace, and again, for me, that was somewhat surprising considering the Tars are playing their second game on the road, a lot of travel. And you're playing in 30 degree heat. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced um, that that was the best tactic for the Tars. No, possibly not. I've got a couple of uh, comments in the chat here. Uh, Joshua, Argentina won because the team is Argentina. Uh, Conky, a test team beat a super side. No surprise. I'm sorry, but no, the Haguaras have lost plenty of games to super rugby teams. Uh, so saying that's not, uh, whilst that's what all we've, that's what a lot of people thought was going to happen. Uh, two years ago, when Haguaros joined the Super Rugby, it hasn't for, hasn't come to it hasn't come to fruition, and Haguaros have lost their opening two games. So no, that's definitely not not what's going on here. Um, I loved how the fifteen played in this game. Twice, uh, so for the second try, he uh, added the extra man on the blind side, and they were more than happy to, to use the blind side. Uh, that created the extra space. Uh, there suddenly was an overlap, and they in they went for a try. That was that was good. Um, Oh, two sled, he's a class player. Uh, absolutely. And he then broke the line and cut through to go into the posts for the third try as well. And at 16 minutes, 21 points up, 
uh, yeah, this 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 game was basically over at that point and was only going to go one way from from yeah. from from there on in. Yeah, the, the Tars were quite shell shocked at that stage, and uh, even probably at that point, you know, you were questioning the game plan. The the little mistakes were were starting to creep in, possibly a bit of fatigue already as well. Yep, uh, so the the. There were, yeah, I mean, when we're hearing um, Mitchell say after about like 10 minutes, oh, well, some players looking tired out there, you think, wow, hang on, we've hardly started. <laughs> Having players look tired after 10 minutes is not clever. Um, and sure, it is hot. But then again, um, games in, in Australia is hot at this uh, yep. still at the moment. Yep. So it's not, right. um, there's no there's no excuse from, from, from that point of view. Um, and then they, add, they, they added, to, added another one as well on 20 minutes. Um, and basically, it wasn't up until this time that the, that the, Haas re, that the Tars got any any uh, um, had any kind of control of the game. Uh, and yeah, Sanchez picked up the um, the fourth try and also missed his first kick. Someone who can clearly kick from the left but not from the right so 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 well. <laughs> um, so if you're defending against Hagiwara's defence, stronger on the right than the left, it'll save you two points. Um, is the the lesson yeah. lesson oh, learned? I think it was around that point too that the Tars were given a penalty out in front on about the 22, turned down the shot at goal, kicked for the corner and gave away a, a silly penalty for not releasing. Creevy was was the man on the spot there who probably forced the penalty. But, um, you know, with the weight of possession and territory clearly in the Tars' favour in that first half, uh, was it the right decision to come away with no points? Absolutely. But... Being 26 points down, I can see why they were chasing the game. Mm -hmm. But they clearly, yes, they, they then had this period of about 10 minutes where the Tars had the pressure and the territory, but they just didn't get a score. And they needed to get something on the board, as you say, for their for the morale, if nothing else, um, even if it wasn't going to be enough to chase down. They should have got some points there. It felt that the Tars were, were trying too hard already at this point. They were throwing off, there were too many offloads, there were too many um, knock-ons that, uh, that weren't on. Uh, and and that, that that was a problem. Yeah, I think Falau was guilty of pushing a couple. I think Staniforth had a couple of little loose carries and knock-ons as well. And an interesting comment in the in the in the, the live chat. This is one of the ones I um, that I was thinking as well. I was going to bring up at some point, but let's let's diverge here. Again, we're talking about selection and team tactics. Ned Hannigan. I thought he was a six, not a not a lock. Is this an injury issue, or the, or they, or, or, or a tactical move to, to get a more mobile pack? Uh, I I think it was a tactical move. Um, whether that will remain in in a month or so when Jack Dempsey comes back into the team, or what will happen there, I'm not sure. Um, the Tars pack is supposedly quite mobile. It's certainly quite small and quite light, and you know that exposes the set piece, I guess. Um, I thought in the first half they were really keen to contest at the breakdown but weren't that effective, whereas the Haguaras were content to only put one or two players in the breakdown. And as you noted earlier, you know, Creevy was very good at, at timing when to commit and when to not commit. That allowed the Haguaras to have a full defensive line and their line speed was excellent. And when the Tars kept shifting it wide, with no variety, it was probably quite easy to shut down. Yeah, well, so, and whilst the, the, the pack, I mean, Hannigan got through 16 tackles, Staniford 14, I mean, there was a name you heard quite a lot. Both locks mm. were, were quite active 
Wells 15, Hooper 11, Holloway 11. They got through a lot of work, but weren't necessarily, to say, that effective um, at that breakdown. They, they, they stopped the players, but they didn't, um, they didn't, yeah, didn't, 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 didn't cause the breakdown pieces. Um, yeah, sorry, going back to the, the Hannigan thing, I guess the, um, the reserve lock on the bench um, is Nick Palmer, who obviously hasn't played a lot of Super Rugby, so I guess it's perhaps a, um, something that's been forced upon them a little bit as well. Yeah, it's, and that, that's probably why if you've, got a, if you've got a lightweight lock, you're not going to have a strong scrum. Mm, and that's exactly. that, 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 that is that is going to be a problem. So, uh, so Conkey, hopefully that answers your your, your question there. Um, the uh, then they basically the the Tars got lucky. Holloway playing heads up rugby spots that there's no no one at home behind the behind the uh, the ruck picks up and runs over unopposed to get the to get the Tars on the board. But again, it was one of those tries that wasn't made. It was a, a so much as as spotting an opportunity, uh, a bit like intercept tries. You can't sort of read too much that there's going to be any more of them coming, uh, and so he he yeah that, it still wasn't looking very positive for the Tars at that stage. Yeah, from memory, it came from um, a couple of phases after quite a decent scrum actually, and um, I think it was probably five or six phases. I think Paddy Ryan had a good carry, and then as you say, just opened up for Hannigan, and you know credit to him for having eyes up and and spotting the opportunity and went through almost untouched. Um, but of course, that was all undone a couple of minutes later. It was wasn't it? the intercept try uh, and, um, and 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 some some wheels definitely um, to to score on half time, and that really was a nail in the coffin uh, at um, at thirty three seven. It was after the Hannigan try. Um, things, even though it was somewhat opportunistic, I suppose you know things were looking up, and and you could see that perhaps. The Tars had, had threatened the comeback in the second half, but um, to see the ball just shuffled along and then you could see it coming from a mile away when Foley wound up and, and threw it straight to him. He did, and it was something that the, the, the Tars trained the Hagarais for, I guess. They, they were playing a lot of that style of rugby during that first half um, where they were. But basically, the one of the things I've noticed before, and I'm just going to bring up the stats now on, on passes, is that you basically have Foley uh, and Beal who will pass the ball, and the rest of the backs won't. So it, mm. it never goes through the hands. So yeah, if we just look at the quick the, the, the passing stats, uh, uh, Gordon uh, scrum half obviously 101 passes, Foley 42, Beal 24, and then the rest of the rest of the backs Rona two, um, uh, Fochetti four, Newsom one, Falau four. Effectively, those other guys just don't pass the ball. So. Um, it has to be missed passes because, uh, yeah, they uh, they're not allowed to pass. They've been told basically you you, you get the ball and you run. And that's your job, uh, and it's Beals and Foley's job to decide when you get the ball and when you get to run. Yeah, and, and you can see just by just by watching them play using the eye test that those passes that Foley and Beal are throwing are, are often long cutout passes. So yeah, it makes sense. The so that's basically the the the, the Tars game plan, and we've seen that before. The problem today was, I think, with that um, with their tackling. The tackling percentages in the first half. Um, the, um, the I'm not saying that the 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 the, the Hagarais were particularly good at 78 percent, but the Tars at 68 percent. That's an appalling level of of, of, of tackling. Uh, if you're going to tackle at that rate at this level, uh, you're going to lose. You're going to lose more games than you win. Absolutely, and I think from from memory, the Hagarais actually haven't 
been very successful in scoring tries so far in their first few games. But when you're coming up against a team that doesn't effectively doesn't tackle, then that's going to change. It is. Uh, it's clean breaks were even at six and seven, but the Hagiwaris were better at uh, scrambling back and, uh, and and shutting those down. Uh, but the turnovers were seven twelve at half time, which again showed you that a the the Tars weren't tackling, and b when they did have the ball, they lost it far too far too frequently. Mm. I think by the end of the game, territory and position were actually reasonably even, and the set piece stats were probably reasonably even as well. But it was those turnovers and unforced errors that um, that probably cost the Tars. Absolutely, and the it was a lot, yeah, as you say, it was very even in in, in a lot of senses um, on on that territory and possession. But in the first half, the the Hagiwaras were actually were down on possession and territory. Yes, yes. Uh, and actually that. They were finding that if they got the ball for more than a couple of phases, they weren't necessarily doing anything with it. Either, they either scored quickly or they didn't score at all. Uh, and so I think there was an element of yeah that it wasn't this wasn't a territory and possession game. This was a execution uh, a, a game. Different games can go different ways um, depending on what how how the teams are going. Yeah, they were pretty keen to throw it around in that first half as well. I think in the second half um, Sanchez kicked a bit more, but in the first half when they did get the ball, it was often. Um, as you say, it was quick turnover ball or it was counter-attack and, and they were keen to throw it wide as well, which certainly added to the pace of the game. Absolutely. Well, I was, you say about the pace of the game, the second game, second half I thought was, became very frenetic, um, in, in that, especially in that first um, sort of 10 or so minutes, with both sides having opportunities, either chips through going dead, uh, knocking it on, um, high balls going up, and there was no flow or control uh, to that second half, um, especially at the beginning, we we saw some absolute wonderful hands from Beal, uh, Hooper, Falau, Gordon to put Rayner in. Um, that was just a, a sublime little bit of play there. That was a great try um, down the short side. A good interchange of of passes. Um, Falau threw that great ball, and and then Gordon with the the long pass over the top at the end. It was a great try. And it's one of those things we look at those names again. We've got Hooper, Flau, Beal involved. It's that team of players, if or that mini team within a team of players, if they're playing well, and they and they put things together, the team does something. It does feel like a like like three leading stars and a lot of extras who are there, sort of purely supporting cast for them. And maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Well, if you look at their experience and the number of Wallaby, Wallaby caps, then you're exactly right, and they're and they're the ones who are also in the key position. So they're the ones that really should be controlling the game. True. Um, the, uh, we then saw um, the, the, there were definitely also more penalties in, in that second half. Um, as I say, we, we only had about um, six in the first half. We ended up with 17 in total. So mm. there, were much more break, there was much more, much more choppy game. Um, again, as you said, there was only a, the first try was only after about 20 minutes. But we ended up having uh, 17, sorry, not the first try, scrum. the first scrum. Yep. We ended up having 17 scrums in this game. So there's lots of breakdowns, lots of, um, uh, of, of, of lots of chopping and changing uh, in the second half. But also the tackling improved as well. Um, the, because the uh, Hagiwara has finished with 80% and the um, Tars finished with 82% tackling. So it's kind of like the first half, um, run free, do what you like. The second half, um, the, the, the defence has tightened up, and that's why we saw a lot less scoring 
in yeah, the second the, half. The Tars were actually quite resolute at times in that second half and, and showed a bit of character when uh, there were those periods that the Haguaras had all the ball inside the Tars 22 and, and the Tars were actually quite effective a few times at at either just tackling and, and knocking them down or in the end forcing a penalty or a turnover. So, I mean, it wasn't all bad for the Tars. Um, there are signs there and... And again, I know I've said it a few times, but considering it was the second game on the road, it's a lot of travel. Um, you need to take some positives out and, and look forward to next week. So get a couple of cliches in there. They, and, and there are positives out this week. One of the things we've learned about this Tars side for this season is they will not give up. Uh, in the first game, uh, it took a last minute try to win it. In the second game, it took last minute, uh, a very late score anyway, uh, I think about four minutes before the end, yep. uh, to draw against the Sharks. Um, and today, they end up scoring two tries in the last two minutes of the game when the game's totally gone and mm. it's totally meaningless. They didn't get themselves a losing bonus point. They didn't stop the tar the, the Hankiwaris from getting a try bonus point. It was totally meaningless. Uh, but still, they played right up until the end. Um, and yeah, this is a side that doesn't look... That, that won't give in. Yeah, and look, besides those key players that we've mentioned, like Gordon and Beale and Foley and Flower, there are quite a few players in that squad, not just in the starting 15, but also on the bench, who have very few super rugby caps. So you'd hope that they're going to get better for the experience and, um, and towards the end of the season, hopefully start making a bit more of an impact. Absolutely. Sorry, I need to correct myself here because the, the end up being six tries to four. So that means that the Hagarage missed out on the bonus. That's right. Point. Yes. Yes. Um, so they, that, that last so. try, they, they did stop them. Yeah. So that last try did, did, did matter in the, in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah, uh, so we, but it could have been so different if um, the, the, the break on 67 minutes, uh, lo in, lovely intercept. I'm not sure what um, Hannigan, not Hannigan, I've got the wrong one, um, the fullback, Hegarty. Um, why he can't tackle a player because they both ran side by side for about 50 metres. Yeah, gave him two they, cracks at it and he couldn't make either of them. But luckily he slowed him down enough so, so someone else could and he un, and unfortunately Will just... Was it, just right? uh, who was the end, sorry? Will Miller, I think, right at the end. That's Yeah, that sounds right. Um, who uh, and just forced the, uh, the, the knock-on or, or forced the player to dive just before the line. Mm. He knocked it on and that was, oh, that was harsh. Uh, considering how far he'd run, um, the uh, so so there was that anyway. Um, they they come away with a try uh, 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 soon afterwards, and it was like scrum after scrum after scrum, and we had a period of something like ten minutes, or, 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 or sorry, about five yeah five minutes. We had like scrum after scrum after scrum from from the tar, from the Jake Hagwires, and eventually they went over in the corner. But yeah, the the the, the Warriors scrum fell apart at that stage of the game, whereas it had been competitive earlier on. Yeah, that's right. And it was interesting that um, the reserve prop, Toaki, who I think was on debut for the Waratahs, uh, was actually brought into the squad specifically for, or the reports that I read said he was brought in specifically to help bolster the scrum, which has obviously been a weak point. Um, but with him and I think Latu was on at that stage as well, uh, you know, the scrum was anything but steady and, and secure. So that was disappointing. Can't wait for Kepu to come back and, and hopefully make a difference to the scrum. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's a point problem that all, all sides are going to um, have to, to deal with is, is injuries and not having that first choice there. I don't think any team's going to get their first choice team out at any stage um, during the season. So it, it's, it is, we talk about it a lot, but it is a squad game. So let's drop another cliche in there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you do, you, it, it is just your, your third choice players quite often who are going to have to be important, especially in that front row. Yeah, I, I think that that's one area that the Tars are really lacking, actually, is their depth across the squad. If you look at uh, the halfbacks, especially, I, I think if you, you know, we've got Gordon who started, Phipps is out injured. Uh, the reserve halfback from last week against the Sharks who came on, I can't remember his name, scored a try uh, near the end. He was injured, so he couldn't play. Rumour is that they asked two other halfbacks before actually finding um, the guy, Nick Duffy, who went over for this game. So you're looking at about your sixth or seventh choice halfback there, you know, a bloke who's plucked from Shoot Shield Club Rugby, basically. And, uh, yes, well, uh, as you say, probably the only one that was um, the, the, the kind of semi-professional player who could get who could, who didn't have some who could get away from being a bricklayer for the week or whatever. Um, this, That's right. than, yeah, who could get off? Who could uh, get off? Uh, get, get off work for um, to, to go on the trip. But um, yeah, it's it's a shame when, when when teams are down down that far. We do want to be watching the best players and, and quality rugby all the time. Um, and unfortunately, that's that's just not um, it's just not going to happen uh, with this. I, I, I thought that they were going to be that the Tars weren't going to get those last two because obviously Gordon made a great break. Um, just before the end there and got shut down and sort of ran out of ideas and just threw the ball away uh, in the end. Yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed with Gordon's first half. Uh, he was part of that very predictable game plan that was spoken about. And the real point of difference between him and Nick Phipps is that Gordon is usually someone that shows more variety in attack and, and more imagination in attack. But today he was content to just play that FIPS game or just keep shifting it out. And as you say, when he did get that chance there at the end, he was almost like he just didn't know what to do with it. It was, yeah. And one of the things that Mitchell was saying the whole way through the game on the commentary was that there were too many errors uh, from the Tars. And uh, yeah, and we saw that towards the end there as well. Um, they did get those those late last, the two late tries. And as we've said, that shows that they'll battle to the end. Mm. Um, but um, the other point of, of this, of, of, of that I've just realised I forgot to talk about when we were talking about this, those those tackling stats from uh, the first half. It was also who was missing those tackles, and it basically was the entire back line. Gordon missed two, Foley missed two, Rona missed two, and Fochetti um, missed two, and he didn't even make one in the first half. He made two in the second half. Luckily for him, to to improve his stats. But when you've got that many holes across your back line. Because all those all those missed miss tackles were in the first half as well, it's yeah you 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 it's too porous, um, and that's what basically lost them the game. Yeah, it actually reminded me a little bit of the game between these two teams last year um, at the Sydney Football Stadium, where people like Sanchez and um, Landajo, who was their halfback last year, uh, and you know I'm not saying that they're not good players, but they were made to look like they were the best players in the world at that point purely because of, of easy tackles that the Tars backline was missing. And today, again, with those missed tackles, Sanchez was just able to exploit that beautifully. 
Yep, and the high growers did rack up plenty of missed tackles and uh, quite a few missed tackles in the banks as well, but it was more evenly spread over the game. Um, yeah, and they seemed to be able to better cover up as well. So they'd missed a couple and the Tars had, had make a break, but their scrambling and their cover was able to stop the Tars from scoring. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's they definitely scrambled much better in, in that first half in particular. Those are kind of the key points I, I had from, from this. Um, any sort of final words around, around the game? Uh, I think it's, it's really important that the Tars get home and regroup for what's going to be a very tough but also interesting game next week against the Rebels on Sunday afternoon. I was, was hoping that both teams would be heading into this one undefeated, but obviously the Tars have, have got a little bit of work to do. Um, the Rebels will be on a massive high. Hopefully, even though the Tars have lost this one, hopefully they'll still be a big a big crowd. They only got 11,000 to their opener against the Stormers a few weeks ago, which was very disappointing, especially when you consider that that was the only game on in town that week. The NRL hadn't started. The AFL hadn't started. Um, and if the Tars were going in undefeated, you'd hope that that would have galvanised a bit more home support for them. But hopefully... As I said, the people still turn up and, and there'll be some good matchups there. If you look at um, across the back lines especially and, and throw in people like Murphy for the Rebels, there'll be some real good battles there. Absolutely. And the Rebels, I have not seen the game yet, but, um, but they won uh, against the Brumbies on Friday night from memory. Yes. Um, yes, so they they're coming into this as the former Australian team, um, a bit like the Crusaders went into the Hurricanes game on Friday. Um, and the Hurricanes came back as, uh, from from their tour. So to give you some uh, to give you some hope, can, can the, uh, the the Hurricanes beat the Crusaders after coming back from tour? So maybe this is a, maybe this is it. This is the, the, the Tars coming back from tour. Um, uh, will 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 we'll defeat the top um, Australian uh, team on their on their return home? The, the Canes did beat the Haguaras away though, didn't they? They did, but they did lose the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't. So yeah. they didn't. <laughs> They hadn't had. They didn't have a perfect tour either. Mm. Cool, Hugh. Thank you very much for joining me and uh, and and chatting all things uh, Tars in particular. Um, where can people get hold of you during the uh, during the week for, for for rugby chat? Yep, Twitter. My handle is hef zero nine zero nine. Anything to do with the airplane behind you, or is that like your calls, your your your, your pilot's <laughs> calls like call license or anything? Uh, no, that's just a combination of an old rugby nickname, obviously from my first name. Um, and zero nine being that I was a halfback, so that's it. Ah, uh, so man, we can always we can talk to who know all the intricacies <laughs> of the scrum, and can comment on on, on that side of things. Um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, um, we'll have, have you back on future shows as well. And I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More. Always up for good rugby chats. Please put your comments below, or catch me on Twitter at Driving More. If you're watching the recording on YouTube, my face is there. Please do subscribe, and my latest videos in that box as well. If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, then please do subscribe. You're already on the app. Just hit that button and give us a five-star review. Other stars are available, but why would you want to? And enjoy whatever rugby you're watching next weekend.